0: You know, the topic of this retreat is the joy of awakening and and really um, that's what the path is all about you know it's about opening up and connecting to joy some of which we need to kind of cultivate um, we need to bring our attention to joy that's there and some of it is innate it's like you know we might not feel it but it's there to be um, uncovered So it's not that we have to create it or do anything or become somebody or get anything or get rid of anything. It's just that what's needed is to kind of clear the the leaves out of the gutter, you know, and just let the whole thing flow and do what it does naturally. And and that natural thing then opens up a kind of joyfulness, a kind of easefulness, a kind of peace of of being. So last night, you know, Erica was sharing that I was talking at the at the Denver against the Stream Dharma Punks group and part of a series. And so the the teachings last night were were rich. And one of the elements of what I was talking about was the factors of awakening. And so in order to be able to feel the factors of awakening, one has to have some capacity to balance or subdue the hindrances. So there needs to be some level of ground. You know, we can't come in with the kind of thing all over the map and and open up to um, the subtle, exquisite joys that can happen when the mind begins to settle and focus and all of that. One of the factors of awakening is joy. And it's really helpful to remember that, because, you know, I go and I teach retreats, and, you know, you see these long, drawn faces, and it's almost as if people have this idea that if they're not miserable you know, somehow they're not practicing properly, you know. And it it actually isn't like that. You know, sometimes we are miserable, and that's what we're practicing with. But, you know, we don't get extra brownie points for for that. It's quite okay for that to ease out and not to be there. And so, you know, joy as a factor of awakening just really highlights the fact that this is a quality of mind that absolutely needs to be present In order for the other factors to come into balance and to become strong enough to really have a a kind of shift in how we're relating fundamentally to what's going on. Yeah. And, you know, I don't have children, so I don't know what it's like to spend weeks on it where you're not sleeping, you know. And I, I, I really, I admire, I admire parents, you know, because if anybody's got kids that are under seven and they're not psychotic. I think that's actually, they're doing great. <laughs> you know, especially in our society where, you know, everything is so separated and there's so much pressure on so few people and so little people available to kind of help out or pitch in or to co-parent. I mean, I think it's just, it's amazing that parents actually survive. So hats off to, to the moms and the dads. And, you know, may this be a time where you can drop into some stuff that nourishes you. Because one of the one of the things about being a parent is, is that even though it might seem like you're not practicing, you know, what you're doing absolutely every single waking second of your day is attuning to the needs of the people around you. And so your own needs are constantly being relegated as secondary or tertiary or quaternary. And if that's not practice, I don't know what practice is. So, you know, we have a limited view sometimes about what practice is, and then we don't give ourselves credit for actually what's happening. And to constantly be taking care of other people and attending to their needs is a tremendous act of generosity and a tremendous act of of selflessness. You know, it's huge. Absolutely huge. But, you know, the fact that you don't sleep very well for seven to 21 years has some kind of effect on the kind of overall sense of well <laughs> and so it's understandable that it's like wow you know just have a day of time where i can breathe i can breathe for myself i don't have to breathe for two or three others you know it's really needed and what we need is to find spaces where Parents can do that, where the kids are taken care of and the parents are supported to have more time for a retreat. And retreats are usually not set up that way. You know, they're set up for, it's not set up. There's no child care, and it's not set up where the parents can have young kids and that can be okay. So it's hard. So, yeah, we could take the time and, and go through the different layers of what we need to do. So, you know, we don't stop, we don't start in at the top, we start in at the ground. And so to start in at the ground means that we really need to let our body come alive. We need to let the energy move in. We need to let the tiredness or the exhaustion release. We need to feel ourselves grounded. We need to really connect with our body. That's the place that we start. And then from that, we just begin to see what unfolds and what weaves through, um, through, through the day. So um, we will have time for sitting meditation and guided meditation and standing meditation and walking meditation and um, questions. And, uh, you know, we're, we're in a spectacular, beautiful place so we can have time outside. And um just see how a, an unfolding day together allows very kind of natural joy, quiet joy, innate joy, just to begin to emerge in its own way, you know, see what that looks like. So, why don't we start with doing some standing meditation?